and happy Halloween. <laughs> this is the Big Kid Show. Welcome to the Tunnel of Terror. Please join us. Now, this is the B.I.G. Kid Show. Thank you all for joining us here in the treehouse or the sandbox, wherever you found yourself, you know. One of these days, we're going to be sitting, two of us in the treehouse, third big kid on the ground because we pulled up the old rope ladder. He's down there crying in the sandbox because he couldn't make it up there. That's Let what kind up, of friends guys. we Let are. Let me up. Let me up. <laughs> no, but we all three are here today. That's right. I got Mr. B and I got Sweetwater Mark with me. I am Big Nick. This is the Big Kids Show. Welcome in all big kids out there. Thank you for joining us. You can tell we are stoked about Halloween. Everybody loves the Halloween season. If you don't, guess what? The problem is you. <laughs> True fact. That's right. Today, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to talk about some of our favorite Halloween-themed movies. These are movies that are spectacular to watch by yourself, with a girlfriend, with a boyfriend, husband, wife, or even possibly your family. And that's right. We're trying to keep it a little family-friendly here on the Big Kids Show today. Maybe not with the language that we choose to use on the show, but with our viewing choices for Halloween-themed movies. So what does that mean? We've already ixnayed all of the slasher films. So don't expect to see any slasher films in today's rank them. We're going to rank what we voted on, us big kids. We typed up our ballots, shipped them in, tallied the votes, and we've come up with our top 10 Halloween-themed movies, ones that might be appropriate to watch with your family this Halloween season. So... We hope that all of your favorite Halloween-themed movies make our list because we we don't want the retaliation that will come with that. Now, right. be gentle. We did. What do they call this, uh, Mister B? You know the term for this. Is it vector voting? Where sure. you a lot? Okay, thank, you, right. thank, <laughs> thank you for for chiming in there. I think it. it's called vector scale voting, and I'm probably saying that incorrectly. But it's where you a lot a certain amount of points to your number one choice, a little you know, a little less points to your two, three, and so on. All of us cast ballots for our ten favorite Halloween themed movies, and we tallied up the votes, totaled up the points, and now we deliver to you the top ten rank them. We'll start at the bottom and work our way to number one. And guess what, boys? Right out the gate, you know everybody loves it. We had a tie. That's right. You know that it's going to be a good show when all of the three big kids are thinking alike. And right out the gate, we have a tie with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark receiving eight points and The Goonies also tying uh, for the nine spot with eight points now i'll start things off here boys if you will allow me but uh, scary stories to tell in the dark i gave this a considerably higher grade than the other two of you and we should point out to the listeners that mr b and mr mark here are unaware of our final top 10 only today's host big nick knows what we're order that we will be laying out for you so scary stories to tell in the dark i gave a higher score than than you guys did and and part of that was because of when I when I was a kid, there was an old franchise called The Scariest Stories You've Ever Heard. And it, it was a book franchise. And they put out, I think, three or four different books over the years. And back when I was a kid, like second, third, fourth grade, 
while they were pretty much age appropriate, they were also many of the kids did not read them. They were a little too scary for the kids my age. And I enjoyed them. I don't know why I enjoy the experience of being scared, especially when it comes to movie form, book form. I love the feeling of being scared. So I didn't mind reading those books. I also didn't mind being a little too afraid to shut off the light or fall asleep at night after having read the book. So that was a franchise called the scariest stories you've ever heard. There was also a later franchise called scary stories to tell in the dark. And while I did not read this franchise, I went and saw this movie just a handful of years ago and I loved it. It was a great experience because each they broke it up into a few different stories and tried to meld them together. But it was, it was scary enough that you would, you might want to watch out. Like if, if, if you're thinking this is a kid's movie, I feel like it's very PG 13 based off of the scare factor for your child might not be able to sleep that night after watching the movie. And then guess who has to deal with that? The parents, Mm -hmm. you, the parent kids could handle it, but maybe not young ones. That's right. So this is a more recent movie. And then I'll go ahead and throw in my two cents on the Goonies. I love the Goonies, but let's keep in mind, we were pulling from a list of about 20 or so movies to vote on, maybe a little more than 20. And we are only delivering to you the final cut, what made the top 10. And while some of these movies, I think part of it is nostalgia, right? What is the Halloween feeling that each one of us get when we consider one of these movies in our voting that we do? And for me, I love the movie Goonies, one of my favorite childhood movies. I guess I just love the movie and watch it at all times of the year. So I don't really consider it a super Halloween type movie. So it didn't get a, didn't get a big voting for me. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the Goonies, it's a great movie. Um, I think for me, I watched it for the first time, um, I think around Halloween. So that's kind of what had given a little bit of draw, right? I mean, the, the, when you watch a certain movie in a certain time of year, sometimes it connects with it, right? And then you kind of, it's hard to, to split the two apart. Yeah, I mean, it's not a Halloween movie in and of itself. But, um, but you know, you think of Halloween, you think of some scariness. And definitely, I remember as a kid, A, you, you thought Sloth was scary at first, yeah. right? Um, and then with the, uh, the Fratellis, I mean, they were... Pretty intimidating, you know. I'm pretty sure the Fratellis were going to kill the children if they caught them. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of the vibe you got. And you were like, holy shit, like this is is about to get real. (laughs) Like, mom, should I be watching this? (laughs) This all right. And I mean, even like it's funny when you well, I'll drop a fun fact here because I know Nick loves his fun facts. Mm -hmm. When you look at something like the treasure map, so there was a production designer, Michael Riva, who had the prop treasure map and said he thought it looked too new. So they spilled coffee all over it. He said, that's not good enough. So he cut his finger and put real blood onto the treasure map. Commitment. That's dedication. Yes. That's dedication. So, but no, I know what you mean, Nick. It definitely, it doesn't really fall directly into Halloween, but, uh, but a great movie nonetheless. Well, and what I thought too is again, they don't really tell you the time frame, but if you look at it, it felt like, fall it felt movie. like yeah like they're getting no. ready to go back to school yeah like i mean it was it's the the north 
uh, west, but again, it just it was kind of colder. They had jackets on, so I just for some reason felt like it could be around Halloweenish time. So I kind of yeah. relate that to it as well. And and Mark, you said it. I think the first time I saw it was around Halloween. So in my mm-hmm. brain, it translated to like a Halloween type movie. For um, sure. And, it, and again. It's an awesome movie just by itself, but it's a fun one. Pull it out with your kids when you're watching movies for the Halloween. Say, hey, we don't need to watch, you know, uh, some slash movie. Let's watch The Goonies because Chunk right. is awesome. Yes. yes. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, that is a tie for number nine. So by that reasoning, we will have no number 10. And those two choices were scary stories to tell your friends, or sorry, to tell in the dark, and the Goonies. Now, that's going to bring us, boys, to... You're not going to believe this. Uh-oh. <laughs> A three-way tie <laughs> for number six. So wow. all three six, of these seven, movies received ten votes each when tallied up in the vector voting scale. If that even is if that even is a word, um, it is. Trust yourself. It is. I, you know what? I feel good about it. The more I yeah. say it, I'm speaking it into existence. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what. One of your favorite movies is in this three way tie. There, Mister B, The Wizard of Oz, getting ten Ooh. votes. Yes, and Wizard, Wizard of Oz, Oz arguably be one of the greatest movies of all time let alone a Halloween movie. You should just watch it anyways. And um, I mean, I think even I saw in 2022 uh, Variety ranked the 100 greatest movies and it was number two. That's that's a pretty impressive wow. list. It's a very good that's movie. pretty yeah. good. But again, it's got it's got some scariness to it. It's got some flying monkeys. You know, you got some lions and tin men. <laughs> Who doesn't like flying monkeys? Right? <laughs> And well, again, there's, there's a lot of people that don't. There's I've talked to a lot of people that are still as adults are afraid of those flying monkeys. Well, and <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that watched it as kids and they were scared because like their parents were like, oh, let's watch this movie. And it was a little more terrifying than they were ready to see. Um, yeah, but no, I, I love with Wizard of Oz. I mean, to me, that's probably one of my top 20 movies of all time, but it's a fun one to watch around Halloween. Um, and I got a very interesting fun fact. There's a million fun facts on this movie, but Big Nick would be into this one. So, uh, Toto the dog. Yes, sir. Right. So, apparently, Toto the dog was paid $125 a week. What? With the trainer, right? Which, I mean, again, we're talking about 19, what, 34, 35? 39 was when it was released. But what's even crazier is, so, uh, the people, the... The, sh- the little people that played the munchkins. Yep. All right. Oh, they, were pa- they, they were paid $50 a week. <laughs> Man. So the dog was crushing it. Little people not treated not so, so well. Much. <laughs> yeah. And the dog just had to run and bark. They had to like sing and dance and walk in unison. So <laughs> that's yeah, true. That was, was probably before a lot of uh, equal rights kind of things, but I just thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a, Kick to the groin. Well, the <laughs> yeah. dog, the dog's the dog got a is outpacing us by over. We're talking double. about the trainer's the one that's actually getting paid. You know, well, he's I, just pranking the dog. True. Hopefully, Toto got some of that money and got like a fancy snappy dog treats collar or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pretty good. All right, Nick. What else we got on our list here? Before we jump to the next one, 
I do have some reasoning for voting on, on a lot of these. And, and this was hard for me on, on voting. I love the Wizard of Oz movie. And I almost voted it higher because this is embarrassing. But when I was a child, there's four children in my family. Three boys, one girl. So when I was a small child, guess what my mom dressed us up as for Halloween? Yep. Guess which one I was? Tin Can Man. I was the Tin Man. How did you know? Because uh, I'm we, psychic. We can just, we, <laughs> we just tell that you would have been the uh, you would have been him. I don't think I had a choice in the matter. Um, I was the Tin Man, and it, so here, and I say here, I only live two hours away from you guys, but. Where I'm from, the cable channels there, there's a cable channel that runs Wizard of Oz on Thanksgiving. Yep. And I, I think that that makes me associate it with a different holiday. It's like Turner Classic Movies, I think. Something like that. And they run it like all day long and maybe yep. even on Black Friday as well. It's kind of like a fall movie in general. It's very you know? feels very fallish. Yeah. I think it's I think it's fitting for this for this category and for this rank of now. Another movie, this is one that made my list of Christmas movies, but it finds its way onto the Halloween rankum as well. Mark, that's one of your favorite movies, The Gremlins. Ooh, yes. Gremlins. Yeah, I love The Gremlins. And I definitely, I'm pretty sure I watched The Gremlins just like a little bit too young because I was only <laughs> three when it came out. But I was probably like seven the first time I saw it, six or seven. I just remember it scared the shit out of me. Like, I remember <laughs> I watched the Gremlins and I did not sleep good for quite a while. But, you know, at the same time, it's still, it's a great movie. I mean, it came out, like I said, it came out in 84. And anytime you have Steven Spielberg involved, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be good. You've got uh, Joe Dante, who was, he directed it. But like, the next thing I could really find that he had done was like um, Twilight Zone. There's not a whole lot outside of that, and especially Chris Columbus, who, not the adventurer, the, the same uh, writer of The Goonies, yes. and also Adventures in Babysitting. So, But uh, but no, dude, The Gremlins is such a good, like anytime you have little monsters, and that's ex exactly what they were. They're tiny little monsters that were running around and terrorizing people. It's like having a bunch of little Chucky dolls running around, <laughs> and um, except they were like the gecko lizard, you know, from... Uh, from from Geico, but the one thing that I was doing some research. Well, the research team actually turned me on to this one. I can't even take credit. Sorry, guys. Sorry, I'll give you credit. So, do you guys know who did the voice for Gizmo on the Gremlins? No. Do Any not. guesses? It's probably um, something way left field. Like uh, I, I loved when Gizmo would sing, though, when he was singing yeah. in uh, in Billy's room. Oh, mm -hmm. man. Like, if you don't reason, fall in love with that animal, I remember asking for a mogwai for Christmas and my right? if, if father kid, called me stupid. Yeah, I wanted one, too. And, and my dad was like, that's not a real animal. I'm like, well, you brought home the movie. It's confusing, sure dad. Like I'm like, it. I'm like four years old. Mark, I want to take a guess. Was it Howie Mandel? Shut up. Oh, was that it? That's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Nailed it, dude. Oh, my God. Because I showed Mr. B the, no, did well, the because, research team tip you off because I remember reading something like he did like tons of voice work that you would never yeah. have thought of. Dude, what? And a so I, I was like, who would do that weird kind of like what noise? Oh my god, god I, great yes. Pick. 
So, All right, so I'm, I'm leaving right now. That's that, yeah, I'm done. Just, I'm done. You pack it in at this point. So Gizmo was a mechanical, you know, toy. I guess you could say, and constantly not broke real. Constantly broke down. Like they had constant issues and delays because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the gremlins they they didn't have CGI. They almost used monkeys. And they put the mask on a oh. monkey in the director's office and it freaked out and destroyed the whole office. So they were like, <laughs> that's a no-go. <laughs> we're not doing that. Um, and then the most interesting piece here, guys, that I found, uh, this one I found. Yeah, I found it, guys. Back off. Um, was that PG-13 was actually created because of the Gremlins. Really? So there's so many parents that took their kids because I think the way it was marketed was somewhat family friendly. It gizmo. It looked like a cute little, you know, and then you've got these terrorizing little lizard monsters that are just violent and pulling guns on people. And <laughs> kind of, Sticking people in paper crazy. shredders. or Yeah. I mean, so that they came out with PJ 13 or PG 13 because of the gremlins. So I found that's that impressive for a movie to be like, Hey, you know where that came from? Us. Exactly. We needed something to say it's for kids, but over thirteen. Exactly. Well, wow, yeah. I did not know that. That's a, that's a tip top fun fact. I like that. Absolutely. And it makes total sense too, because it, if you do a, a search engine, if you search engine Gremlins, you will find it on listed on some top horror film list mm-hmm. out there, yeah. and so it's and you will find it on top Christmas movie list as well because <laughs> it takes place at christmas uh during the movie that's why he gets the mogwai he got it for christmas that's why i thought maybe i would get one um but no it, so the other couple things here that i that i love about the movie dick miller plays the the old kind of drunk guy that and this is something that it, like i used to watch a lot of the 70s horror f- flicks with my grandfather when i was little and mm-hmm. almost all of them shared a very similar theme through in same kind of story plot throughout the movies from different horror flick to different horror flick and most of them featured some like old townsperson that's trying to warn the teenagers at the beginning of the movie about something terrible that might happen. Remember he's out there, he's kind of drunk and he he's a drunken stumble bum and nobody listens to him. So he's like, they're warning him about the potential gremlins that could come and, and take over the town. Uh, so I love that part when they're writing the movie, Corey Feldman plays the, the neighbor kid that's younger than Billy. Remember he plays Pete Fontaine. Is the character the Corey Whoa, Feldman? I, don't, I didn't even. I forgot about that. You forgot about Corey Feldman, and then yeah, here is this is a big time fun fact. So, do you guys remember the kind of the bald enforcer, white guy, old white guy, in Better Call Saul and in uh, Breaking Bad? Yes, he plays a deputy in the Gremlins movie. Whoa. Yeah, his his the actor's name is Jonathan Banks, but he plays Deputy Brent. Uh, he was, so he he was Mike Erman Trout. Yes, you know? <laughs> yes, Mike Erman Trout, and so he's of course a young man back in 1984 when this movie comes out, and uh, yeah, but it's it doesn't look anything like he does today. But I thought that that was interesting that some of these actors are still uh, still rocking and rolling like Jonathan Banks is. Hell I think yeah, Gremlins you, is a man. fine choice. Uh, but so we got Wizard of Oz with 10 points, Gremlins 10 points, and tied with those two fine flicks, we have 
what may be the greatest basketball movie of all time, <laughs> finding itself in a Halloween Rankum show. And that is Teen Wolf. <laughs> Teen Wolf. Yes. Teen Wolf. If, if I was you've praying not seen, that was going to make it up. <laughs> yeah. If you've not seen Teen Wolf, it was released in 1985, late August. So it does fit right into that sweet spot for back in the 80s, right? When movies stayed in the movie theater for six months, if it was a good movie. I don't know how long this one stayed in the theater because it had a budget of $4 million. Box office, it does $30 million. I was actually surprised that the budget was so small for Teen Wolf. Uh, Michael J. Fox plays Scott Howard. He is a, a teenager, 17, I believe, in the movie. And he, shortly after puberty, figures out that uh, when the moon comes out, he turns into a wolf. He's a high school tough, student. Tough break. Tough, tough break. break. So at first, he's got to hide it. But then he learns that turning into the wolf also comes with superpowers, right? <laughs> the the girls at school that didn't really like him before when he was just, you know, weenie little Scott Howard start taking a liking to the teen wolf. And then he's he becomes really good at basketball. The girl uh, doesn't like a guy. Well, because you know what? It, it, it is it is science that werewolves awesome at basketball. Yes. The research yes. has been done on that. Scientifically proven. And maybe the greatest basketball coach of all time, Coach Finstock. Uh, from Teen Wolf, he, he had to keep all of these different players in in uh, in line and keep them fighting because they were fighting an uphill battle. If you boys remember, they were fighting an uphill battle. Every team was better than them going into the season, but not once Michael J. Fox, aka Scott Howard, would wolf it up, and he would uh, he he would turn into the wolf, and they would take over the game. And I believe, I um. The, the the soundtrack is I enjoyed the soundtrack as well. There's a there's a, a Teen Wolf song uh, that came like most of the movies from the eighties. <laughs> yep, <laughs> had a song that would would accompany it. But uh, I believe they go to what the prom in the movie, yeah. and he's he shows up homecoming or something. Yeah. yeah, full Teen Wolf action with a like a tuxedo on, uh, and then they're all doing the wolf dance. Uh, here here's the titles of the songs on the soundtrack: Flesh on Fire. We have Big Bad Wolf by the Wolf Sisters. <laughs> when in the end, shooting for the moon. Silhouette, way to go. Good news. Good news. That one reminds me. That's one I think was may have been a hit. Transformation, which is w- instrumental. And then Boof, which was instrumental as well. And if you guys Oof. will remember, Boof was the girl that liked Scott yep. Howard when he was chasing the Valley Girl. They were like childhood friends, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So shout out to Boof and shout out to uh, uh, Scott Howard's friend, Styles, who everybody likes Styles. Styles. And then also safety warning, they go car surfing in the movie. Do not go car surfing. <laughs> it's very dangerous. Do not try this at home. As, no. as a kid, I wanted to do that so bad after I saw that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My parents Dude. frowned upon it. It's so weird. I will tell you, boys, it. I may take a little bit of credit for this one being up so high because I actually had this one ranked second on my list. Oh, Marky, Marky, Mark <laughs> loves love, some Teen Wolf. I love some Teen Wolf, man. I thought that was such a cool premise. And if werewolves don't make you think of Halloween, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. But well, So just to cl- bring the, the listeners into this a little bit, right? 
open up the kimono and show them everything that we got, right? Open the kimono. <laughs> Careful. Not too much. So when Mark ranks Teen Wolf second on his list, that means that it earns nine points. Big yes. Nick put it at 10th on his list, giving it one point. Shame. And that's how we arrived Shame. at that's how we arrived at 10 <laughs> points. That means that Mr. B did not vote for Teen Wolf at all. He spent most of his points I on thought Wizard this was a closed ballot. Why are we sharing all the votes here? <laughs> no, no. We open on this show, we open up the kimono and show the listeners who we are. Fully it was exposed. a close. It was, close, it was a close number eleven. It was a close number eleven. The only Mr. One B is not comfortable being fully exposed. Uh, the only one with any taste here is what we've, we've established. Mark, uh, all I got to say is one of the greatest lines of any movie that's on this entire list. Bring me a cake of beer. <laughs> Does it get any better than that line? Like he's his eyes like change color and the dude's like he's in the, the you know, trying to underage buy some beer for the for the giant party. And he walks out and problem solved. Guys, keg. Yes. So, keg but, but Mark, I tried that when I was twenty years old. Did not work. <laughs> yeah, but your eyes didn't switch flip no. over, and <laughs> you weren't surfing on cars either. So no, they're like, "Sir, you, you need to leave before I call the police." That's right. Well, and this is more of a coming of age feel good movie. There's not a whole lot of scary parts to the movie. I do remember I was very little when the movie came out. Even when it, you know, I never saw this one in the theater because I was so young. I remember watching it at home. There were a couple parts, you know, like his father also turns into a wolf. Um, and yep. there, there was a couple parts too when spoiler alert when Scott when Scott Howard <laughs> Michael J it. Michael J Fox's character is like tr- doesn't understand what's happening to him. You know, he's trying to figure out what's happening to him and what what, what he's becoming. So there were a couple parts, but but this I think is one of the least scary movies on this list. And in fact, a lot of these movies aren't so scary. That's why they are ones that you would consider watching with your children. Exactly. What was this uh one of Michael J. Fox's first lead roles? So I, I feel like this after the f- I, I, when did Back to the Future come out? Was that eighty? Well, that's what's strange. That's what's really strange about this movie. So remember, he wasn't originally cast in Back to the Future. And at the time he was one of the biggest TV stars with family yes. ties, okay. which in case people don't remember, was set here in Columbus, Ohio, of all places. Mm-hmm. Now, so he's a star on Family Ties. This movie, Teen Wolf, is released in the United States August 23rd, 1985, and it debuted at number two. It's opening weekend. Guess what movie it was behind? Back to the Future. Uh, so at one point, Michael J. Fox at the box office is number one and number two, something that Bad is, ass. I don't know how many times that's ever been done. So did he, do you know, do we know if he filmed back to the future first or teen wolf? I know that's, that's a deep track. And I know our research team has been phoning it in the past couple months, yeah. but I, I was curious if like he filmed teen wolf and then they're like, you know what? We need you for back to the future. And then by the time they production, they released them similar, but I was always curious about that of like, cause that's pretty impressive to be the lead actor in the number one and number two movie in the same year. That's so, so I do know this in the, uh, back to the future comes out at the box office in, um, July of 85. Right. And teen wolf is, is late August of 85. So back to the future has been in the theater now for about six weeks or so before the other movie hits. Okay. And I believe, so 
I know that I'm kind of plugging this for the second or third time here on the Big Kid Show, but the Michael J. Fox biography movie, docu- quasi documentary uh, on Apple TV, is fantastic. All it's right. if you are a fan of Michael, J., he narrates the documentary himself, but they do a lot of like reenactments. And they spend a good portion of that documentary explaining like there was like a two year period where this dude just worked morning, noon and night every day, like between the TV show, Back to the Future. And I think Teen Wolf was the easiest of the projects because I think it only took like 30 days to film the whole thing. He came out with three movies in 87. He came out with one in 88, two in 89, including Back to the Future Part 2. And then 90 was Back to the Future Part 3. 91 was The Hard Way. And one of my favorites as well, Doc Hollywood. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, yeah, like Life with Mikey and Homeward Bound and uh, Where the River Flows North and For Love or Money were all 93. Like, this dude is just working. Like If you don't like Michael J. Fox, you're the problem. <laughs> you're the problem. Yeah. And do you guys know, how, watch that documentary if you haven't, because it, it will explain to you how he even got his break into showbiz. Like, because mm. he had kind of a, um, a gimmicky way of breaking into Hollywood that, that then allowed him to show how good of an actor he actually was on family ties and then lead to these movie roles. It's a yeah. spectacular documentary. Yes. So here we are, boys. Let's review real quick at the sixth spot. Three-way tie, Wizard of Oz, Gremlins, and Teen Wolf. At the number nine spot, two-way tie, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Goonies. All right. Th- there's people sitting at home right now driving in their cars. They're, they want to pull over. They're like, you know, we we got we, we to gotta write down these movies because it, it's October, baby. It's Halloween season. This is when you want to be on the couch when it's all dark, you wait till it's all dark outside. Turn off those lights, right? Maybe kick on a little fire, get the popcorn going. If, you, if you're of age, little beer action going, Whoa. little blanket going, right? Watch these movies with, with the people that you love the most. Let's go to number five here. And I know somebody that is just standing on his head waiting to tell us about this movie. <laughs> uh, why don't you fire away there, Mr. B.? Number five, The Lost Boys with 15 yes. points. Lost Boys. And I love The Lost Boys for so many reasons. But to me, that was like the first like teen vampire movie that I can yep. remember. I mean, there might have been some before my time, but you got like cool like vampire teens, like wreaking havoc, riding dirt bikes, kicking ass. <laughs> Side note. The most badass scene is when they're hanging on the bridge and the train goes over. Oh, yeah. Just, you remember yeah, that? Yeah. That that was oh, pretty yeah. badass. But yeah, The Lost Boys. Uh, I even remember reading something that uh, jo- Joel Schumacher, who was the director, said that that was the greatest cast he ever worked with. Wow. Hmm. If you remember. Was, can, you remind, was, can you remind me who all was in that? Yeah. So we got uh, Jason Patrick was the lead. We got Kiefer yep. Sutherland. We got Corey Haim. We got Corey Feldman. Um, Two and we got Corey's. Some, we got some other people you guys probably would know, but it was just it was a lot of really good cast. And I, I think again, I love that with the '80s and early '90s is that's when they were able to get like lots of actors into one movie. It's hard to do it now because of yeah. budget costs, but because I think even that one, I mean, this was a budget of eight and a half million dollars. 
Don't forget about Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yes. Alex Winter. I, I, Alex I apo- Winter from I Bill and Ted's yes, plays I one of the teenage vampires. Yeah, the yes, biker boy. gang guys. But as a kid, like initially, I I I thought the vampires were cool. Me I was too. like, you know what? I kind of want to be a vampire now and hang out with those guys. And then, <laughs> and then as the movie progressed, I was like, all right, I changed my mind. I don't know if I want to do that. But those are ills. Yeah, Lost Boys, <laughs> awesome movie. And the reason why I think it's such a great Halloween movie is because again, the vampire part. Um, and I think going back to nostalgia that Mark brought up is I think the first time I watched that was around Halloween. So I just like I kind of remember like it was you know mid October we we're getting ready to wear our you know Halloween costumes and stuff and it's like oh yeah I can re- I put those together so Lost Boys and it's still one you can watch with kids maybe maybe not under uh, nine but you know yeah. ten plus you <laughs> could probably like, uh, maybe a, a love making scene on the beach well, isn't there. I don't I'm sure. I mean, you're going to have to have the talk at some point, right? Yeah. Mr. I mean, B's like, it's how I learned everything I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's how I learned a lot of my moves is from the Lost Boys. It's rated, it's rated R. I should throw that oh, out. Oh, I didn't know it was rated R. Right? Is it rated may, R? Maybe, maybe wait for a little bit. Uh, we are <laughs> learning, that with Mr. Kids. learning that Mr. B, not a great parent. Not great at parenting. <laughs> I showed watch it to my six-year-old. You got to see minus in parenting. Yeah, I showed to my six-year-old and now he's never slept again <laughs> slept a wink since <laughs> yeah it's uh, built to put as a move a, on all the chicks in his daycare <laughs> it's built as a as a horror slash comedy and to be honest with you it's been a handful of years since i've seen the original it was good enough that they they did like a, a remake of it but um i believe the the only comedy is in the early parts of the movie and it starts to get pretty dark and what was yeah. cool i'm glad you brought up casting because Kiefer sutherland was kind of the bad boy at the time not just on the movie screen but everywhere and uh he was known for playing the bad boy on screen so he was a perfect fit for for his role and he nails it and then you get the double Corey action right and keep in mind Corey feldman making the list for the second time today on our halloween yeah, theme check movies. him out I, 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 looking back at it now, I'm surprised it was rated R. I would not have thought that, but maybe I need to rewatch it and realize I should not have shown that to little kids. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there was a uh, a remake of it. Uh, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Be. I don't think it was a success. Many, many lives. Many. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so Lost Boys comes in with 15 points, making it number five on our list. And ladies and gentlemen, that leads us to our number four pick. Everybody knows that theme song. Come on, people. Am I crazy or what? Is that one of the most, isn't that one of the most recognizable theme songs of all time? It's up there. Show. Multiple movies. And now they've released the Wednesday show on Netflix uh, within the past year or so, and everybody's talking about that. We are talking about the Adams Family. We're going to go with the, uh, I'm going to say the, the, the 90s movie is the one that we all voted on yes. and that we're talking about. Yes. And so this one comes out in 
1991, there is a follow-up movie, The Addams Family Values, and then they do an Addams Family Reunion in 1998. I don't know if that, I don't remember that one. Was that a movie yeah. or was that I, a I don't think I TV saw that show? one. So I, I think that might yeah, be a, a follow-up to the TV show. But anyway, we're talking about the 1991 Adams Family movie. Don't be confused. This was not the Adams Family values that MC Hammer did the theme song for. <laughs> Greatest theme song ever. All, ruined his career. It was so good, it ruined his career. <laughs> it was too good. Too good. But this movie finishes fourth, and for so many obvious reasons, on our rankum here. I do, rather than get into everything Adam's family, there's so much to talk about. I want to say one thing that that, uh, many people may not know about. You know, Big Nick loves the pinball machines. Mm -hmm. There's an old school, this is not from the 90s movie. This is from the TV show. There's an old school Adam's family pinball machine that is fantastic. If you're out somewhere and you spot that, get some damn quarters out your pocket and play the game. All right. You will (laughs) love that. Because I agree. It's awesome. And Mark, I'm putting you on the spot right now there, Uh Mr. Sweetwater. How about your favorite, your favorite Adams Family character? Go. Oh. Oh, man. That's tough. <coughs> I, I like the father. I thought the father was just a great character. And it's it's funny because the, the wife was always kind of seemed like she was in charge, but he was just kind of. I don't know. It, it was kind of a, an aura that he gave off. And if it wasn't him, it'd probably be Cousin It. I mean, who doesn't love Cousin It with all the hair? Cousin It's Gomez, Gomez Adams and Cousin It. Yeah. Are yeah, Gomez, picks. I feel like he just, I don't know. He, he was a funny character. He had good lines. There was times where I remember he was like empathetic with, um, why am I blanking on the daughter's name? Um, Wednesday. 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 Let's say Wendy. Wendy's uh, Wednesday, you know, she he was would like murder you if you called her Wendy. Her, yep. I know she would. <laughs> um, but honestly, like that's one of the few movies I'll say. Like all of the characters were awesome. Agreed. Like, <laughs> like there wasn't a bad character in the whole in the whole family. I would go if I had to pick my favorite character for like all across the board, right? From all the movies and the TV show, I would go Morticia Adams, the mother, just and yeah. wife, just. Because she's what great. you hinted at there, Mark, she's kind of the the silent leader, right? You Agreed. you know that she's kind of pulling the strings with everybody and and does control the family, as does the mom in most households, I believe. So that kind of rings true. But I for the for this particular movie for the 1991 Adams Family movie that we're specifically talking about, I got to go with Uncle Fester. Yeah, have to go with Uncle Fester. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Can I, can I, can so I get my pick room. for favorite character? Oh, yeah, that's right. Mr. B's anyway, on Anyway, moving ahead. on to the next movie. Yeah, um, you guys <laughs> are so rude. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the, the, the uh, cast that is very impressive that says a single – says not a single word. Mm. Thing. Thing. Very the nice. hand, man. Yes. He's, he's the, the sassiest hand you've ever seen. I like that. I like that. That's a good choice. He was he was very sassy for a hand, right? Like you like showed emotion and feeling, yeah. and you're like, "Whoa, that's just with a hand." How are you doing that? Yeah, absolutely. You, Plus, you, you know, if you had if you had one of those, you would creep out your friends. You're like, "Oh yeah, oh the, I got this was walking around hand. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. 
Don't worry about the it. The research team just handed me something here, boys. Apparently, the pinball game that I was talking about referencing was made by Midway and released in 1992, shortly after the success of the 1991 movie. It is. So Big Nick was wrong. Drum roll, please. I'm way. I really was not aware of this, and I, I consider myself a, a an avid pinball player. It is, according to what the research team has just handed me, the best-selling pinball game of all time. Wow. Really? Over the Metallica one? Well, yeah, over the Metallica Oof. one. But keep Whoa. in mind, the Metallica one's only been for sale for, what, 10 years or so? Good this point. Has been, Good point. Th- this one was made and released in 1992 following the success of the movie. And, hey. By those sales, it backs up what I was telling you guys earlier. Very good pinball machine. If you see it, get them quarters out your pocket. All right. We're moving our way into the top three, boys. These are the the big spots. These are the spots that matter the most, right? And guess what? We got a tie for second place. (laughs) Of course we do. Of course we do. It's first. It's only right. No tie for first. There is only one single movie sitting in the number one spot. But in the number two spot, sharing the number two spot, we have the Burbs and yes. Ghostbusters. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Those are quality. Those are quality. So the Burbs, because we talked about that with our Tom Hanks ranked them, I believe. Mm-hmm. But the Burbs, I think, is a perfect Halloween movie because it's this creepy kind of suburb kind of situation and side note Corey feldman makes the list again again oh my goodness three movies in 10 Corey feldman was all about being in halloween movies that the big kids like i don't know what he was doing but he was doing something right we're we're drinking the Corey feldman kool-aid apparently (laughs) so no you're wrong on your on your tally there mr b Corey Feldman is on this list four times. Goonies, okay, I, Goonies where he plays Mouth. Yep. Gremlins, where he plays the neighbor kid. The Burbs, yep. where he plays the neighbor kid. And The Lost Boys, where he plays oh the friend. Oh, my God. Four. Yeah, almost half the list. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, maybe he's the greatest Halloween actor Feldman. of all. Yeah. So if you guys want to know more about The Burbs, go back and watch our Tom Hanks Rankum. Because we we dive deep into the Burbs. But The Burbs, is, Burbs might be... Again, Mr. B maybe has a shallow taste of movies, but that might be one of my top 10 favorite movies. Oh, it's a great, it's a, I'm so glad you said that, Mr. B. There's comedy. There's a little bit of horror. It's, uh, and what I was, the big kid research team kind of hit me on this, that at the time they did it, uh, there was a writer's strike. So instead of like waiting for writers to figure stuff out, the uh, director, Joe Dante, who Mark brought up before, um, he kind of said, you know what? Just ad-lib it. And <laughs> so, like, there was a lot of ad-libbing with all of them in terms of because they're just like, well, we don't know what to say here. Just go with it. Wing it. And, I think and Hanks that, is that, great at that. Yes. And and, and I think it just it, it shows in the movie. I think it's just a real quality movie. So, The Burbs, awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it had to make the pretty high on all of our list to get to tied yeah. for number two. So, yes. No, it's like you said, we, we've really uh, talked that one um, really in detail in the Tom Hanks episode, but such a good movie. So many good moments in it. Um, if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? What are you yeah, doing? Go, go watch it. Watch yeah. it right now. 
what are you doing with your life? It also has Bruce Dern. Yep, love Bruce Dern. The late great Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. And it came out in 1989, I believe. Correct. And, uh, so, I mean, fantastic movie. Very underrated movie on the Tom Hanks scale and the Halloween scale. I'm with you and share your opinion there, Mr. B. I think that it is one of the most perfect Halloween movies. I think that Adam's Family, 91, falls on that. I mean, they're on our list today. But when I think of perfect Halloween movies, it's Adam's Family, it's The Burbs, and it's, of course, Ghostbusters. And here's why I love the Ghostbusters so much. Okay. Comes out in June of 1984. And we talked earlier about nostalgia. Well, for me, I believe I, I, there's no way for me to know for certain, but I believe this may be the first movie that I ever saw in the theater. Really? That's, that's impressive. So way back in the day, my father would have been, he was, you know, I mean, this comes out in 1984. So we're talking, this movie's almost 40 years old. It's 39 years old. Big Nick was a wee lad. Very wee lad. And my father was a young man himself, still working third shift back then. And about this age, he started taking us to the movies a couple times a year. And the best that I can sort this out as an adult looking back on it, I think that it was a chance for my mother to go shopping, probably clothes shopping. And nobody (laughs) wants children, right? Nobody, she's out like buying clothes for work, right? For her career. Mm -hmm. And uh, shout out to the teachers there. My, my mom's a teacher, retired principal. And so cheers to the teachers. This would have been end of the Mm -hmm. summer. Remember movies lasted in the movie theater back then several months, uh, sometimes a year. Yeah. And, my guess is that mom needed to go do some back to school shopping for her career. My dad worked third shift. What a great idea. Take the couple of kids uh, to the movies and give them, give us some soda and some popcorn. And then he would sleep. He would nap the entire movie. (laughs) And I believe that this might be the first movie that I saw in the movie theater. And so I have a very fond memories of this movie. And I watch this movie every October. Good. Uh, Since I can remember, I, I love the comedy of the movie. I love the cheesy uh, theatrics of the fake ghost. And I, they're not I love fake. Pe- they're real. I real. love Peter. I love Peter Vakeman. Uh, had a little crush on Sigoni Weaver, but let's get stay. She turns into some demon dog. So that really messed me up. Is that, well, that and, will psychologically and, F you up. And big Nick, probably like, again, if you're your timeline of, if mom's going back to school shopping, you probably watch this like right before school. So you're talking about August, which you're pretty close to October. In theory, well, and, like you, you probably didn't watch it the weekend it came out. It was probably closer to August ish, is my guess. Right. And, and when I was a boy, we didn't start school until September. So and couldn't even. It might even have been September when you watched it. Yeah, yeah, usually it was the last week of August, first week of September. And this movie did. This is one of those weird movies. Remember we talked about this. I believe this movie specifically before boys. The budget is set at 25 to 30 million. They're not really certain exactly how much they spent on the movie. Someone it might have embezzled a couple million, you know. 
but it did almost $300 million at the box office. So you know it stayed in the theater for a long time because it yep. was a big success. Uh, I I absolutely love this movie. I'm so glad that it finished very high in our rankings, tied for the number two spot. That only leads one spot left Ooh. here, boys. The big one. And down to it. Ooh. I'm curious. And finishing with 25 points. So the highest total that a movie could receive on our list due to our vector voting scale. <laughs> and that hey, algorithmic hat, vec- vector voting scale. Patent pending. Patent pending. You can't take that. That's a yeah, big that's kid hard. original. Vector voting scale. Um, the highest points that one could receive would be 30. This movie receives oh. 25. So a damn near perfect movie Ooh. as we see it. And of course, it's. Beetlejuice, a movie that we've discussed (laughs) countless times on the Big Kids Show, because if you don't love Tom Hanks, the problem is you. Well, but he's not Tom Hanks, is it? It's Michael Keaton. I was going to say, who are you yelling at here? Not in this movie. Sorry, I got got Tom Hanks on the brain. Big Nick was—he just felt so vehemently strong about Tom Hanks. He just had to drop that in there. (laughs) He wants you to know how he feels about Tom Hanks. If if we're even thinking about Beetlejuice, that statement is still true. That statement is still true, regardless of what movie you're talking about. If you don't like Tom Hanks, the problem is you. Oh, oh I tell you what, we so we have covered Beetlejuice to a very large extent on the Big Kid Show. Um, I wanted to dive into this one a little bit, Big Nick, and mm-hmm. whew, it it took some took some heavy research to really. We we had to go seven levels beneath the earth to really to get the dirt. That, the that's why I could, that's why I couldn't find the research team when I needed yeah. some help because Mark was stealing them all. They were all buried they, they alive. Buried alive. They were all buried alive. So I'm going to... Hey, hey, Chuck, I came for your daughter. Come for your daughter, Chuck. (laughs) You guys have have you heard that um, one of the the people that they suggested originally, that they originally wanted for the role of Beetlejuice was Sammy Davis Jr. What? How is that even a thing? No no disrespect to Sammy Davis Jr. come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. Come, Come on, on man. man. Yeah. Chubby. I just don't know how he'd play the role, man. That's yeah. <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. only has one eye, according to Adam Sandler. Oh, really? Like, I would be it intrigued be to see like, what that would have looked like. But Yeah, it would have been interesting. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, for those who haven't tuned into our other shows... Um, you know, there wasn't a huge budget, but it made 73 million at the box office and it was the 10th highest film of 1988. So it didn't even make the top. It barely made the top 10 of 1988, which is pretty crazy. Um, but there was also, go ahead. I was going to say like, like thinking of the premise, it was probably a tricky one to kind of promote because you're like, it's scary, but it's a comedy. And like, what, what is it? And I think since people have realized, oh, wow, this is just like a cult classic. But, you know, I'm trying to picture at the time, like, how do you present this movie of like, what is it? Like, cause it's not, it's not necessarily scary. It's not necessarily funny. It's kind of a mix of all. So here's the, here's the movies that topped it. You had Rain Man at number one, who framed Roger, Roger Rabbit was two mm. coming to America, big Nick's redemption tour, big coming in at number four. Mm-hmm. You had, Twins at five, Crocodile Dundee two at six. So somehow that outdid Beetlejuice. Because that was a quality movie. Die Hard seven, 
the naked gun, fi- the files from the police squad at eight, and cocktail at nine. Oh, so, I mean, well, those are all good movies. Yeah, that's that a lot of awesome. Year. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. solid lineup. <laughs> so it's not like Beetlejuice wasn't going up against any competition. But to your point, Mr. B, I think, I think part of the reason they struggled. So even Lydia... There was multiple actresses that turned down the role of Lydia. So Diane Lane, Diane Lane, Brooke Shields, Molly Ringwald, Jennifer Conley, they all turned it down. Wow. It's probably because if you read that script, you're like, this is going to be terrible. Maybe that was the thought, like, this is going to tank. Yeah. But I mean, like, we got a half dead dude that's got some green stuff growing up his neck, and he's going to be in a white and black. Suit and come back and haunt the family. What? Like, yeah, okay. And I think that. that that's cheers to uh, God, I just blanked on his name, Tim Burton, or uh, yes, um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, I think he came in there and says, Guess what? I'm gonna knock this thing out the park. And when you're reading it, maybe you can't picture Michael Keaton playing that role. You're just reading these random lines. And Michael Keaton came in and said, Guess yeah. what? Let's do this thing. Well, and in the Halloween spirit, the original script actually was a lot more violent and actually uh, portrayed him as a leather winged demon. So the plan was for him to like rape and murder. Like it was pretty dark. God bless America. Uh, God bless America. So they actually, and they were going to have him being destroyed by an exorcism in the end. But then Tim Burton brought in a few additional writers and tried to make a little more comedic, you know, a little less crazy evil. But, um, you boys know next year the sequel, and uh, I feel like that needs to be a big kid show field trip. Field trip. Yeah, we're gonna take the we'll take the research team. So, hey, if you are a movie theater that's watching hosting that movie, be prepared that we're going to jack up your movie theater. <laughs> we're rolling deep. Oh, it's gonna be like forty five people, and you know, <laughs> Big Nick will probably have a couple beers. It's gonna get a little out of hand. You know, you Is can't that trust what the, the big kids team. show wants to be known for? Jacking no, up we, movie theaters. <laughs> we don't want to be known for that. But you can't control the research team. Yeah, it's more them than us. I mean, I mean a lot of them are interns, and who? There's some of them free. are on. Some of them are on parole. I mean, <laughs> rough, <laughs> rough life out there. Hey, that's how they rehabilitate. Big Nick, don't don't underestimate uh, the crazy ability of the research team. But no, Beetlejuice deserves to be number one, hundred yes, percent. I agree. Um, I think it fits fits in perfectly, boys. And and everyone out there, that should be on your top, clearly top ten list to watch for Halloween. And I don't understand why, like when those some of these movie or movie these TV channels will do like Halloween shows coming up to Halloween. Why that's not in the rotation? It's very frustrating to me. I agree. I agree, and I think I think our top four movie. To be frank, I think all ten of our top ten movies that we ranked here today should be on those. Yes, you know, movie per night for each night of October. There's a few different channels mm-hmm. that do it, and follow the big kids' great lead right there because all of these movies, all ten of them, are big kid tested, big kid approved, right? And just to remind all of the listeners out there of the top ten at nine, we have tied. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and The Goonies. At six, three-way tie, The Wizard of Oz, Gremlins, Teen Wolf. At number five, The Lost Boys. At number four, The Addams Family. Tied at second, The Burbs and Ghostbusters. And then number one, of course, is Beetlejuice. And whether you like our rankings or not, whether you like the vector voting scale or not, (laughs) this is all just more proof that we all are. 
Big Kids.